Welcome back as we continue our Vancouver series. Yes, sir. On this episode, we got the one and only Edit King, Remix King, Nick Bike. Yeah, man. Uh, if you're a DJ, you've probably played some of his edits, uh, and you're probably familiar with his stuff. And if you're not, uh, it'll be a dope episode to get to know him because he's, uh, you know, a super versatile, dope DJ who's up to some interesting stuff these days. Yeah, to say the least, I think um, this year has been quite an awesome year for Nick and he you know sat down with us a couple days before his wedding to chop it up with us so that was so dope yeah man totally that's how you know he loves this DJ culture stuff and uh yeah man it was just super dope to chop it up with him I've been a big fan of his uh his edits and stuff and uh, I've never actually met him until that day so that was super cool yeah man we got to see him play out as well and that was super dope super great vibes he treated us with enough hospitality like everyone else did so yeah man yeah man van city love episode four season two let's get it yeah man let's do it boom the fix we're still out here in vancouver it's a foggy day not in the literal sense but in our heads and in our minds from uh, <laughs> kind of chopping it up around the city and uh today we welcome our friend nick bike what's up man good morning thank yeah, you for having me guys man. thanks for coming through man and thank you uh from me and a lot of my fellow djs thank you for the edits my man of course you've uh you've helped uh elevate our sets so we appreciate that man yeah man i mean uh, since since you bring it up we might as well jump right into that <laughs> before we get into you know we usually like to do a little bit of the come up but uh let's talk about um i guess the elephant in the room the edit king in the room <laughs> yeah thanks your edits are like literally everywhere like i i don't know i'm i don't know a dj in our world who doesn't have your shit in their crates you know yeah, there's, there's a few. I say that. <laughs> I think I have probably, uh, well, the last, last thing I checked, maybe like 1,200, Oh, man. But that's like... Did you bring your hard drive with you? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're definitely um, very open about the, the sharing process with the edits, which is super cool. Like, how did that kind of, how did that start? What was your, your theory behind all that? I think, it, well, originally... Uh, it was just like uh re like just rearranging things to mm-hmm. kind of like uh fit the way i wanted to play them yeah um like eight bar intros etc like flipping uh, things around and stuff sort of but more so like uh just like how things were laid out yep and part of it was me actually not like even knowing what a dance floor like but at the time mm-hmm. like early early i was just like Oh, I want it to sound like this, or I heard so and so, and have it arranged like this in a DJ set. Or so the first one I ever made was for the first gig I did, which was a school dance when I was like seventeen, and like obviously I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just stuff to like fit my set, which just like evolved into 
making like uh, more bootleg type things and then moving into remixes and then trying to write more original stuff now. Dope. Dope. Yeah, no, just because historically with DJing, you know, there's been a lot of like secrecy and like, you know, like, you know, kind of people hoarding, hoarding their things. I know that's changed a lot lately and par- partially to guys like you, you know what I mean? So it's it's super cool to be able to share the joy of music, you know? I'm becoming more of a hoarder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Getting a little bit more stingy now. <laughs> <laughs> also, just like spending more time on bigger projects. So putting those out yep. and then uh, playing like like having some ammo in the side mm-hmm. pocket. Some secret, some secret ammo. Yeah. Nice. Makes sense. I like it. And do you find, it, did that kind of decision to kind of hoard a little bit more come at all from like a lack of reciprocation from other DJs or or you no. just kind of is like, I got to keep some shit for myself. There's a lot of DJs. I'm on a lot of lists that they give stuff out for sure frequently. Yeah. So it's not like anything like that. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, I think more so once I started doing the States more earlier this year when I got my first visa, yep. go around to like different towns and uh, of course there's like most of the places I play, I'm already friends with uh, like the resident or yeah. whoever yeah. put me on. So uh, they, there's a good chance they probably have a few things mm-hmm. from me uh, in their Serato. So uh, it's good to show up with <laughs> some stuff that yeah. they'll be like, oh, that yeah, was they don't zip. rinse. They don't rinse your edits <laughs> before you go on. Yeah, or, but even if that's been a residency, maybe you know people would already be kind of familiar with, with your yeah, edits yeah. and stuff. So yeah, it's cool to come with some new shit yeah like at the barbecue there was like i played like half the stuff that i don't send out so yeah yeah yeah. or stuff that's like just uh like 80 90 done or stuff like that cool so. cool testing your edits out before you kind of yeah. make them official cool. so where where or who were you most surprised or or proud of hearing your one of your remixes or edits pop up Ooh, um because, I mean, you've been on... Yeah, Funkmaster Flex was, was yeah. playing Summer, your shit. Two, two joints that on was, Summertime. That was a surprising one because he doesn't really put remixes in those yeah. uh, playlists. So yeah. that was definitely a big surprise. Yeah, that's cool. Anyone else? Um, I mean, getting asked to do the... Uh, Mick asked me to do the Summertime thing for the him and Jeff's tape this year, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you had two joints on that, right? Yeah, I sent him a few things, and then he put. He ended up putting the other. Uh, it was like a Daz thing in there afterwards, but it was just supposed to be the the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, nice, that's sick. I've had like a few things like pop up on like BBC and mm-hmm. uh, like uh, Triple J or something, but like. And like Instagram stories and shit, like yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I'm sure you're getting tagged. I know we have some lots of stories, some friends <laughs> being like the Nick at Nick Bite Edit <laughs> Jam Cam. Stop tagging Nick Bite. Yeah. <laughs> stop tagging me. Your, I, know Redbone, I know you're playing Redbone. <laughs> we, hey, lo- we love you, Josephine. We love you, yes. So, t- <laughs> so from like kind of the the process can you t- talk to about the edit process a bit like walk us through a bit starting with kind of what inspires you to do one and then a little more on the technical side because i know 
um, people do, you know, kind of piece together edits and and stuff like that. But where, you know, you've really kind of crafted it. You said twelve hundred plus edits. Like, where does that inspiration to kind of um, fruition come through? Half the time, it's just like when I get the song after I listen to it, I'll be like, okay, like I'll make notes about it, or just like in my head, and be like, okay, oh, I don't really like that. So either it could be like a two minute fix, or maybe it's like like a day project kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the all mine, the Kanye thing. Yeah. That was, that like, was pretty quick. No? That was, that was like two hours. Yeah. 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 You bang, just, you bang that was like, quick. sometimes you just like get an idea right away. And yeah. it's like, and sometimes things flow a bit easier and yeah. Sure. Um, but then other times, like I have like a folder or a crate, like while I'm playing, if like I notice something in a song where I'm like, uh, that sucked or mm-hmm. other like bits of songs that I don't like, or I need to change this or I'll just like drag it in this folder. Yeah. And then market research doing it live at a live show. You kind of can yeah. see how people are. Or, or, yeah. Or just like things that I've done that just need fixing or there's definitely like version two, three, four, oh, yeah. five. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear that <laughs> even just for like, like stupid, like rearrangement, cut and paste things. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, sometimes I'll type something in my Serato uh, search, and I'm just like, oh shit! Like, there's just like a list of like songs, like just like different edits. It's the same edit, but it's like, yeah, yeah. twenty versions. And then, and then for the technical side, do you use Ableton to do your edits? Yeah, I've been on Ableton for eight years mm-hmm. now. So, and you find that's the kind of uh, most intuitive platform to kind of chop and edit it up. Yeah, I mean. I know a lot of really smart music guys who use like Logic or um, or like Tools. Reason or Pro Tools, and they look at Ableton. They're like, "Wow, that's so confusing." But yeah. then they start using it, and they're like, "Oh, this is like this user, really intuitive, user friendly." Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I mean, I've I've toyed around with Reason before, which I thought was really cool. But there's a lot there's a lot of other parts to it that i didn't really understand at the time so ableton was kind of like a a nice clean friendly interface that was easy to do what i needed to do and the i used the intro version for like four years which was like a 100 bucks or something okay. i just had a, like a lot of limitations but you could still like do like just cut and paste kind of thing yeah i feel like ableton like a lot of djs gravitate to ableton over logic or pro tools for whatever reason i don't know if if it was like easier to like pirate at some point but <laughs> I think a problem that some people do when they pirate Ableton, if they don't like know, they just like want Ableton to start doing stuff. Yeah. But like, it's insanely overwhelming when you first open it up and you don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. So to add like the full version of it into all that with like all the all the synthesizers and yeah drum kits and and just like all the effects and everything it's like super overwhelming. Whereas like in the first version, the intro that I had, uh, I think you could only have like eight effects in a session. And okay. So you just kind of ease into it. Yeah. Yeah, Training wheels. It was kind of like, like, uh, like a less is more thing. So like you learn how to just like exercise the shit out of what you have. And then once you get to the next part, it's like you have a good foundation for everything. And then it's just Mm -hmm. kind of moving into the new stuff and, Cool. And, and at this point now, do you have like kind of like 
for the most part a packaged um like canned kind of template now they use for like um you know filters and whatever to kind of like there's, clean it up and, and there's some but uh i'm always trying to i don't know everything so i'm always trying to like experiment and mm-hmm. add new things to different stuff so yeah cool. and i know i noticed you've um you've you know a few times on twitter and stuff you've offered uh mix down help to other djs is that just you you just want to kind of get a little practice in and maybe learn a couple tricks here yeah it's like one of the few things i actually read about i don't really read too much anymore but i actually like it's kind of like a like an audio puzzle which i kind of like so yeah like like an ideal dream in like i don't know 15 years or something is just like having a house in the country and having my own studio and just mixing songs for people and cool doing that kind of thing but studio rap yeah nice being able to work from home and for sure not always having to be in the nightclub industry yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for sure which can be exhausting and make for you know hard early starts to the day <laughs> yeah. late nights and early flights man yes sir um <clears throat> You're, you know, we were, Diggy was mentioning a bit that you're, you're, you're fairly open compared to a lot of other DJs. And I think the, you know, the community has gotten a little open over the years. But one thing I found kind of interesting that I don't see a lot of people do is that you often put your set list online after the fact. Um, um, what, like, you know, like people don't do that or people are just like, I'm not going to tell you what this edit is. Why did you kind of take the, you know, opposite approach with that? Um, the, I think the first reason I kind of do it is when I started DJing, I um, I got a lot of info and resources from this site called djforums.com. Mm-hmm. So whenever I would um, I would make mixes and uh, when I would post them, the ones that would get the most traction were always the ones where you posted a track list. Otherwise, okay. people didn't really care to listen for some reason. They didn't. It's like if they didn't know what was happening, mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't want any part of it. So I'd and like I, as like a nineteen year old DJ or eighteen year old DJ, I had like zero things to hide. So it was like <laughs> not a big deal. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. There's. I'm more. It's it's not like, MP3s are so different than records. Like. I could definitely. Um, see myself hiding more vinyl track lists versus mp3s like i don't i don't really give a shit about an mp3 to be honest <laughs> yeah but like there's like some records i have that i put some work in to get that maybe i don't want someone else to find out but like even then like i don't have that much skin in that game so it's like yeah. i don't i don't really care like it's mm-hmm. it's more about just like um most of the time it's just like i i'm playing like the music i think is cool so i want more people to listen to that because I want uh, more people to get in, in invested or interested in that so that they can kind of maybe even just expect what I play or yeah. Yeah. yeah, There's a whole bunch of factors, but it's just, um, I, I don't really have a reason to hide anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. No, I like it. I think uh, DJs appreciate it for sure. I know there's some other people that, that do the same thing and I think it goes a long way. It's probably a, a nice unintended benefit that a lot of them are Nick bike edits too that that are available on you know and, Beat Junkies and, and even if even if it is uh, 
on there, it doesn't mean that it's out. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, like are you gonna rip like a mixed version of a one twenty eight mix? Like, <laughs> yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Fair enough. So, so let's now kind of rewind and kind of talk about, um, you know, your, your how you got in the game. Are you originally from Vancouver? Or are you? No, I'm from a uh, small town of uh, maybe like a full day's drive north of here called Fort St. John. Okay. It's probably like... Uh, Still within BC. Yeah, it's like... I think it takes like five hours to drive north and you'll hit the Yukon. Okay. So it's it's up there. Uh, <laughs> right on. Yeah. Um, so I did 12 years there. And then uh, 2002... My family and I moved to Prince Edward Island. We were there for 10 years. I was there for 10 years. Um, my folks moved out to Vancouver when I was in first year of university. Um, so I kind of ended up coming out here um, like three or four times a year because I stayed in PI had finished school. Uh, so I kind of just got used to everything out here and like almost anything, any kind of DJ scene would is a step up from PI because <laughs> it was I feel like there was like maybe 10 to 20 DJs when I was in university like in Charlottetown so it was kind of like if you were if you were willing to hustle and put work in then like you could get you could get gigs so I pretty much just did that through school and because the cost of living was like nothing like mm-hmm. I had a brand like literally brand new apartment five minutes from the university and I was paying like 650 or something oh wow of for like my own place. Nice. So, so doing, just doing like two or three gigs a week was like fine. So it was, was university like, kind of when you started DJing then or was it, were you doing te- it? Technically it was grade 12 cause I did that first high school thing. Okay. And then, and that was on um, what were you using back then gear wise? Like were, was it like virtual DJ or I, did you have decks? Or? I, I convinced uh, one of my friends who was like a music guy, which like, meant nothing because he wasn't playing instruments obviously <laughs> but i convinced him to do it with me and uh we were like we had like two months and we would meet after school like a few times uh each week and just like reading about like like serato and all these programs they were just like it was so overwhelming because yeah. it was just kind of like an idea You're like hey let's Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, so we, the gear we ended up using, we had two, two laptops on either side of a mixer running windows media player. Oh, wow. And I had rented a, uh, a Technics 1300 and, uh, I had it for like a month mm-hmm. and I was like, took a couple of my folks records and I like, <laughs> I found like a few spots on each one and I was just like doing like like stupid baby scratches and mm-hmm. I had one one part uh at the actual gig where I would do like little like back and forth over the break of uh umbrella. Okay. Right. Yeah. Sick drums. Sick drums. Yeah, so there, <laughs> that was the part and I would just be like like Where's that like, edit? It's like you have that edit. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. It lasted like 15 seconds, and I was like so stoked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's sick. 
That's sick. So were you like a hip hop guy or what was your, what kind of music were you into back then? Everything or like up until, up until I started playing basketball, I had like pretty terrible tastes in music. Like the music wasn't really a thing for me. It was more like sports, sports, sports yeah. and, and, and schoolwork. And so once probably like, in junior high when I started playing ball more is like when I kind of started listening to like, like Jurassic five type, like, uh, outcast, Nas, nice. that nice. kind of thing. Cause I, I also, uh, when I was in getting into coming into high school, I had Sirius in my little shitty Honda civic. So I always listened to backspin. Nice. So that's kind of like where I, picked up like a lot of my foundation for like throwback stuff that I wasn't really around for when it came out. Mm -hmm. But, um, but the other part of, uh, like learning about rap is that like growing up when I wasn't allowed to, as long as I was uh, living with my folks, I wasn't allowed to listen to, uh, like, explicit explicit yeah music so yeah i've had an ebay account since like 2004 when i was like 14 like hunting down like edited cds and i just actually sold them like a year ago but i spent so much money on like these crazy imports of like like clean versions of like outcast and it was just like it was a very big struggle to try and get this because we and then the other part, and in PEI too, like it yeah. probably wasn't much of like a music scene out there. Yeah, we? and so we lived in like the countryside where you couldn't get high speed. So like until I was like seventeen or eighteen, we were on dial up. So like downloading this music wasn't an option. So I had yeah. to Crazy. like get it somehow. So but, you weren't you weren't like on on the low putting like explicit versions in your headphones and stuff like that, or were you would you get in shit if you were caught? I guess <laughs> I guess on serious. I would have got away with it. Yeah. But my folks were never in the car. Yeah. <laughs> listening to that. I so. remember having to hide some, some stuff from my parents, but, uh, I still, I still got the explicit versions. Mm-hmm. I would just like hide, yeah. hide the covers and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny now because as a grown man, like they, you know, they'll sometimes hear it or like, you know, they'll, you'll, they'll jump in the car with you and something's kind of playing and they'll still kind of give you that look. <laughs> They're like way more used to it now. Right. Funny. That's jokes. Um, so, so yeah, man. So, um, after you, you know, upgraded from the two, um, laptops, that <laughs> was, was the first and last time that happened. So I'm happy to report that. I is there, is there like a way. photo of this in existence? Cause that would yeah, look like I, a hilarious, uh, I think, <laughs> I think maybe earlier this year I posted one on, there's like one picture on Instagram you of that kinda, first gig. You can kind of see somewhat what we have set up and nice (laughs) and so at that point were you just like yeah this is something i want to like fully invest in now and go all in it was super fun and uh it was funny actually when i first bought gear i still like didn't know everything i wasn't even sure if i was supposed to buy one or two Mm -hmm. decks (laughs) um lucky i ended up ordering two what what did you get Uh, I had like these really tiny Denon CDJs. Okay. Because uh, they're, I think they're actually also one of the first units to like have a USB input. Okay. Which was interesting. But also, like, USBs didn't really hold 
much. Mm-hmm. Like I think I had like a two gigabyte stick, which was like insane for like 2008 or something. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> having two gigs. And I'm like, oh my god. But that like that, that holds a lot of 128. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I had those two CDJs because I had a lot of CDs, so it just made sense to buy those i didn't have any records yeah um and i had like a shitty behringer mm-hmm. it was like a hundred bucks or something i didn't buy start buying records until um like 2009 or something okay. i finally bought one turntable from uh when i was visiting vancouver visiting my folks we, i bought one and then i ordered another off that dj forum site mm-hmm. um yeah, and then slowly, still didn't own, like, Serato or anything like that, but uh, started, like, buying some records off, like, Discogs, and because um, a lot of the records out, music I was first into was, like, a lot of, like, French House, so I was mm-hmm. listening to, like, uh, it's like Daft Punk and Justice DJ set type yeah. things, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, so I was buying, like, a handful of those records, and then... I remember the first time I went into uh, the university nightclub at like lunchtime when it was like kind of closed and I like messed around with the house system where they had Serato set up and nice. it was like the first time I'd like touched a record to like manipulate it kind of mm-hmm. thing aside from like the, 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 the umbrella, the, 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 the <laughs> break <laughs> scratch. Yeah. Or just like trying to mix with records kind of thing. I was just like, whoa, this is, mm-hmm. this is crazy. Nice. <laughs> You just kind of snuck in or you knew someone and they just like, were like, yeah, go mess around, like kind of thing. Well, at that point, I would just like bring my gear in. Okay. I wasn't really touching the turntables mm-hmm. or anything, but yeah. from that, from that, I was just like. You caught the bug? Yeah. <laughs> nice. A lot of late nights after that, just like, not that there wasn't late nights before. I definitely yeah. remember staying up to like yeah, 5 a.m. or something stupid like that. Just like. Yeah, trying to figure shit out. Mixing shitty like electro house songs together (laughs) (laughs) nice and and when you did jump on on serato because were you like kind of maintaining both trying to buy some vinyl at the time as well or at that point were you just like okay i'm gonna just kind of work on building my mp3 collection it was more so i didn't think i had a computer that could handle it so yeah i think it was 2009 it was when i got my first mac i like finally had a computer that i thought could like handle it because i I'd went through like three or four like uh like terrible PCs in the last like three years. So yeah. um I didn't really wanna put uh that kind of emphasis on having a machine like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know how it is. Yeah. Um so I think yeah, I think it was two thousand nine and I was like, Okay, I got a good machine now and I can do this Serato thing 'cause nice. Um also it was just I was getting real tired of having to haul my CD players around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I had just like this one long um, flight case mm-hmm. type thing where oh, I could fit yeah. everything in one, and it was heavier than a pack. I know, I, I know, I know a few guys who thought that was more convenient, and it's like this is more, you know, one oh piece, but it's the worst to lug around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you really do need two people to, you know, manage it. Yeah, I had a, I had a coffin with like two two decks and like my like Rain fifty six or something, and yeah. it was just like yeah. this is it had wheels kind of on one end, but yeah. it was it was still just ridiculous. Like yeah, because like they weren't even turntables; they were just like little CD players. So 
I was even getting off like kind of light at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wild. Um, so, and now you're you you know you're pretty heavy into the vinyl too. You've got um, you you do a few forty five nights and stuff. So, what are you what are you like looking for in vinyls these days? So what are you what are you trying to buy? Hmm. Well, my regular gig right now is like a. It's like nothing crazy. It's like a a nice cocktail lounge in Gastown, so I can kind of like build my own vibe Mm -hmm. i used to kind of play a bit of everything like uh i mean i still do but like i used to some nights i would just bring like uh like all like 80s that kind of thing but lately like i'm uh trying to buy more like like late 50s and 60s like uh trying to learn more about like uh like new orleans Mm -hmm. new new orleans funk from like the late 50s and uh just like kind of like I don't my the only way I describe it in my head is like like old timey vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which is like a terrible description of it, yeah. but like <laughs> like a lot of like um like kind of like like uh stuff before like James Brown on King kind of thing mm-hmm. where yeah. It just cool. like not like I love funk and disco and like uh like breaks and all that stuff but uh, there's like a lot of other going a bit deeper things mm-hmm. yeah so it, i'm just trying to really just find what's good yeah yeah I, it it was definitely like like obviously still learning about everything but um it's become a bit easier to like recognize things as you're like flipping through bins or online or something because like the first year or two it's just like just like listening to everything. Yeah. A bit buying over, everything. overwhelmed a bit. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And then you learn to like read labels. Certain, and, yeah. Yeah. And lo- you know what artists you're looking for, what and producers or years, you know, and rec- and labels, you know where the good breaks are, what the cool sounds are on. And that yeah. kind of thing. It, but it's never ending. Yeah. Yeah. It's an expensive sure. hobby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find digging 45s to be a bit more challenging because they don't, like with with you know full twelve inch with the cover and everything that you you see who's playing what instrument so you can kind of like reverse engineer be like okay this guy played this on on this so it's probably pretty live and stuff whereas yeah. forty five labels are are like there's yeah you, very minimal you like maybe get the the writer or the producer on it yeah if you're lucky I, I guess it goes more by actually what label it's been released on right I think a lot of guys have have kind of mentioned that to me it's like if you see it you know forty five on this label just cop it yeah totally yeah there's definitely like certain labels when i see i like i definitely have to at least like pull it out and look at it mm-hmm. dope man um so you are a red bull veteran you did you decide you just didn't want to jump in the competition this year it's just not enough time to yeah. do all that <laughs> stuff because it's very the prep it's very time consuming mm-hmm. and um did did you enjoy the process though, like going through it for a couple oh, yeah. of years? The especially the, I remember specifically the 2013 one because I was still pretty new to Vancouver. So mm-hmm. I, at that point, I was just like I had a day job doing paperwork at a, the hospital, one of the hospitals here, and so I would do my job, and I had I had like some friends, but like uh, I would basically just like lock myself in my apartment and. Mm-hmm. And in a time where you could afford to live by yourself <laughs> in a reasonable area, um, yeah, just like kind of going back to like 
when I was 18 and just like locking myself in my bedroom and staying up to like 5 a.m. just practicing and practicing. So I got to learn kind of a different uh, like style or side of me for DJing because like I had done three style in the East Coast, but that was like um, like a a stage before where I kind of like really understood how to put a three style set together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think back then kind of people in general were all kind of learning like what to do and like what it actually was. Yeah. You know? There was, there was a couple guys on the East coast aside from Bassett at the time who I was like taking notes off of. Yeah. Like who are like, some of those guys? Like I, I did this thing in Halifax in like 2010 called the DJ Olympics. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. And, it was basically like a localized three style event. Yeah. Um, I mean the DJ Olympics, like they had a whole bunch of other different sections. Like they had like a, like a DMC style thing and like a electronic um, and house, I think too. Right. They had a maybe. And also like, um, uh, what are they called? Like the, the, like the duos and the teams like supremacy. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So those kind of things, it was kind of like a DMC three style spinoff and then they would have like b-boy things and that kind of thing but i kind of didn't understand the uh i wasn't as versed in like the open format style of djing yet so when uh the guy who won that one was uh, tk yep yeah um and when i like listening to his set i was like holy shit this is like it was crazy because he was playing like uh just like snippets of like like tv themes and cool rock songs and 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 hip-hop and he was like cutting and doing some juggling and stuff and it was just like wow this is like this is like another level beyond what i'm Mm -hmm. what i had like known before so um i definitely thought about that like a lot like over the next few years of like how how the hell to do this and Yeah, yeah yeah but like it's it's not like something you can learn overnight for you sure. You can't just like trial and error process. Yeah. I mean, you can be like, like naturally really good at DJing, but there's like the music side of it where it's like, you can't just like learn about all these different kinds of music and have like a good grasp of knowledge on each genre overnight. Yeah. Like yeah, it, for sure. it takes time and to just like dig and listen. And that's a side I think that gets like, overshadowed a bit in terms of like the like when you say say you like that like a dj is very skilled or something like Mm -hmm. yeah i find even playing out too and seeing actually seeing how people like react to certain records like that's like probably the most beneficial thing that like people don't really talk about yeah i definitely think like like obviously skills are one thing but a big skill for for me is like selecting the right songs and Mm -hmm. For sure. And like the timing of when you play them and yep. which is like obviously a skill. But yep. like when yep. we're talking like it's funny, though, because in certain circles and certain DJ circles that has fallen to a lower, lower priority than other things. Right. Like you, if you can scratch the shit out of something, it doesn't matter. Like if you yeah. can't choose fucking songs or make people move. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, <clears throat> I agree. And I think um, that's the nice thing about Red Bull, too, in a way like that kind of. 
um, a nice balance between you know traditional DMC style and and you know traditional battling to actually having that party rocking selection element to it. Yeah, just trying to put it all in one type thing. <clears throat> so did that? Um, so you know, competing and and <clears throat> right, twenty thirteen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that was like the big one where I kind of like, I guess, realized in my head what what to do and then uh like ended up winning the regional which was like kind of what like started everything for me to be honest because uh as a dj i didn't really have any footing in vancouver yeah so just being on the stage was like helping me but i think it was then then like people uh like they just like saw my name and like, Oh, Expo- exposure this, wise. It was a th- good thing. This for you. guy's here where he come from kind of thing, yeah. which was like definitely open doors, to, like new gigs and like not all of them stuck, but then like other ones, like, like I've played on and off at Portside for like four or five years now, but nice. like it's only been the like last two years where it's kind of been like a home. But, um, so just like getting steady gigs and then eventually just being able to, quit my day job like mm-hmm. mm, it was like coming on four years now nice so i definitely attribute that uh that regional to being like giving me leverage to take that next step in terms of like developing skill but also like being able to push away that day job because trying to trying to make music or like make edits and stuff when I like I don't know I didn't know as much as I know now so I'm not it wasn't as efficient but also just like practicing DJing like I I don't practice as much as I should but I yeah like right now but I I practiced a lot when I was mm-hmm. uh like 2013 so that and that would have been I guess kind of around the time they stopped that would have been like one of the last years where they actually did the regionals then right because the last couple of years, it's just been the submission, and then they choose for the country, right? I kind of miss when they were yeah, when they it were was, doing that. Yeah, because twenty fourteen, they they moved it to like a best of the east and best of the west format. Yeah, so yeah. twenty yeah, so twenty thirteen was the last uh, like city, cool thing, cool. So yeah, I mean, the, uh, Red Bull probably opened a lot of other doors other than building your confidence and giving you that kind of exposure like did 19 year old nick bike with two laptops and (laughs) (laughs) under my umbrella think he'd be um crashing at dj jazzy jeff's house for playlist retreat (laughs) yeah i you gotta like pinch yourself every day like just thinking about that man that's pretty was, wild so like did so how did that I, yeah come i want to hear fruition? like when, did, uh, when you, you got that call like, yeah or the email it, or the is invite it, is it jeff on the phone like hey man like what well, <laughs> I, I send jeff things like every couple months so i sent him stuff like like gift baskets or music <laughs> <laughs> could be both yeah. if you, so, how did that relationship start like you just kind of started sending stuff um, to his email or did he reach out to you or mutual friends or yeah i think uh uh bassett kind of like facilitated that yeah. initial um communication and cool. then um and then there was i think it was like in april or may or something i sent him something he was like he's like thanks man um was we're that, doing, was that we're, the red bone one? Because <laughs> that one's been no, no, no. Uh, 
we were um he was like thanks man uh we're doing retreat in august you should you should come but it was like that was it it was like, like it was like uh is that yeah. an, is that an official yeah, yeah, yeah. invite because like so then it's like we like, should hang that, yeah. that whole like yeah, <laughs> we yeah. should hang sometime <laughs> yeah so it, uh like and it was like two months later uh in start of june because i was in banff hanging out with adam w and i got the like real email okay. just like oh shit that's so it's sick. on <laughs> So you kind of just kind of pushed it to the back of it and didn't get too excited to manage your expectations. I've I've definitely learned to like not get excited until anything is in like paperwork or or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, once that happened, it was like, this is still two months away. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That's that kind of thing. But. That, that's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, we talked uh, on a previous episode with Pat Drastic about his experience there, but uh, he was there like the first and second year, um, and it's grown to like it's crazy. Like I, I have the worst like FOMO uh, when I, when yeah. all the stuff starts so coming I. out. <laughs> when all the stuff starts coming out, like it's inspirational, but it's just like fuck. How do I get in there? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, so let, let, let's talk about the experience a bit, man. Like, um, so I actually got kind of lucky with my experience because um, it was only it was only me and Damianito we were the only ones who got I think we we're the only ones who got brought in like a day early okay so we were in it started on like Sunday evening and we were there Saturday around like six or seven okay so we got some like time to check out the facility and all the setup and yeah um, a walk through and then got to have like dinner in the house in jeff's house versus mm-hmm. like in the like in the tent or, or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy. and then uh just like one-on-one time with jeff for like a couple hours after and he's just like playing songs for us and like telling us like industry stories and mm-hmm. crazy not not a guy you get a, a lot of one-on-one time with yeah, yeah for over sure the course of your life so it's yeah. just like damn yeah so taking that all in and um and then uh, the other thing that was pretty sweet, I woke up the next morning at like eight or something and uh, Jeff was like in the sunroom or something. I was, we were just like having a quick chat and he's like, he was like, hey, uh, one sec. And he like runs away and he comes back with this, this like Bible thickness uh, hard drive and it's got like a label maker tag on it that says treats drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh he's like he's like take some shit off this so oh, i was wow. like mine's already just like spinning like what the hell's on this thing treats so I, <laughs> so I spent like the next like three or four hours in his kitchen just like diving through this crazy what kind of stuff like just, just like, all over the place or like just like drum kits and stems Ooh. and Jeez. wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like and also like I'm a I'm a guy who like is constantly fighting for like 10 gigs of space on my computer hard drive so <laughs> yeah. like there there was like a terabyte of stuff on here so I had to like be very selective and choosy yeah yeah I was yeah. doing a lot of like cloud uploading <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah you're just like get up yeah so that was like what my one regret was like not bringing like a blank hard drive. Yeah, for so I sure. Think I was like, sure. I was about to say now, like you're always going to be stocked <laughs> with just a, a yeah. formatted drive ready to go. 
That's crazy. Yeah. And then so then later that day or the next day, people kind of started coming in. Yeah, around like noon uh, that day, people started like flowing in. And that was kind of just like a like a meet and greet, socialized yeah. kind of day. And then yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was very much more structured. And how many how many people would be at this thing now? Um, I would say with like product teams and like like not including staff staff like but with product teams and and artists and whatnot probably like somewhere between 100 to 120 people mm-hmm. okay this this was definitely their biggest year they were tiny, yeah so yeah cool and yeah. yeah so and then i've heard that it's it's pretty structured so you get kind of like an itinerary and yeah not everything is like required to go to but like there's a lot of there's never a shortage of things to check out or do or yeah uh, the new gear and stuff yeah, yeah and especially once you get assigned like your team and your like main project like mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of things to do especially yeah. in the last like day when you're trying to like finish your song and who uh, so for who people who don't team? know about the the team thing I, I guess you could explain that a bit you get put in teams and you, you you work on a project to make some music right yeah so that's that's the the whole challenge part of it is like um uh, so you get, yeah, you put in, put in like teams of like four to six and then this year how they themed it, I don't know if this is the way they did it in previous years, but, uh, everybody got a, uh, their team name was a country. Okay. So then, uh, Jeff had, uh, Gene Brown, a record dealer in, yeah. on the East coast. Uh, he was there and he, so what he did, he pulled a record for each team from the country that they were okay. representing so that was like your samples. Yeah, rhythm roulette, but by country kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, you weren't, you didn't have to do it, but like that was part of the challenge. Yeah. Just kind of like use what you have, kind of thing. So, um, so uh, everybody had a, the record, and um, so then everybody was just like running around trying to find space somewhere because there's only so many like studio, studio space. So you have to like kind of get creative. Like we we were. Sp- set up in like a basement kitchen <laughs> doing our thing. So, and who was your team? Um, had, uh, Nina Las Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, Sango, yeah. uh, DJ bite. Um, uh, Mumu fresh. She's like a vocalist okay. and, uh, I think she's one of commons backup singers. Okay. okay. So and three then, DJs on the and, team. Eh? Yeah. And, uh, damn, what the, I always forget his last name. It's like, James McComb or something. He's okay. like a he's a session player for um uh Motown I think in the 80s okay. and, okay. and like the early 90s and I think he was like he also did like sessions with like Prince and stuff. So oh, like wow. he's, he's he was like the one like OG in our group. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, he he like instantly like whipped out this giant like 88 key workstation and he crazy. Was, he was like he he played like like the like the drum track on ours, like on our, on the keyboard, like in like 10 minutes or something. Yeah. Just like, That's, are you classically trained in any? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what country did you guys draw in terms of record samples? We were a uh, team Hungary. Okay. So we had, okay. we had some very so, interesting so, sounds. So like kind of horn type sound. Like. It, it was like, like late seventies, early 80s like kind of like sticks queen okay stuff cool. like when they started using more like synthesizers okay except also add in like a lot of like european sounding flutes mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice so it was very 
very different. Cool. Um, yeah. So you've, uh, you so have, that was kind of like the main project. Yeah. We had, the... we had probably like, um, I would say like 36 hours or so to like put together. You had to put together no more than a three minute song. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, the way Jeff arranges it, he's a smart guy. So you get, you get a questionnaire before a playlist and it kind of like picks apart your personality and your yeah. skills and yeah. whatever. So he, um, he puts people together and the way he does it, um, it can potentially start conflict. So, mm. um, the challenge is not only like to make music, but also like to learn how to work with people of different backgrounds and different ages and different types of experiences and different skill sets. And yeah, cause like, cool. like Sango's 26 and, uh, James is like, uh, 52 or something. Mm-hmm. So there's like a whole generation yeah. gap there. Different approaches to making yeah. music and, and, and a guy who's super hot right now and, you know, kind of on top of his game to, yeah. The so, OGs. um, and everybody's got different skills to bring to the table. So it's kind of like, it's, it's a full, it's a full plate of a job to mm-hmm. figure out where, like, where do you even start? Like, so we just like, everybody just like listened to the record and everybody pulled out parts like that. They, thought were interesting and then we just came to common ground on some parts and then just started developing some ideas and building off that and um, how, how did you like the way it turned out were you happy good, with yeah. it? yeah cool yeah um we like ended up recording vocals in a like a rv trailer at like mm-hmm. 3 a.m the night before it was due which was exhausting i think i was falling asleep and then i had <laughs> i had the the task of mixing it after so i was like half asleep doing that and but it like sleep is secondary. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, I remember yeah. the first night, the first real night on the Sunday, I was going to go to bed at like two or something. And, uh, I ran into, uh, Zimmy on my way to the trailers and he's, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm pretty tired. And he's like, he's like, man, you're not going anywhere. Like go into the main studio. And it's like, it's like, like quest love is in the drum room. Like just like yeah, jamming so out and that. uh and Stro Elliott's on his like APC thingy and he yeah. there was like one part where he's doing like a like a actual guitar solo on his APC while wow. Quest does like his crazy jazz drumming nuts. shit. Nuts. You're like, I'm glad I didn't go to sleep. Yeah, right or, or you're like, Am I still sleeping? <laughs> like, like where the fuck am I? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> crazy so is like is like now you're like the motivation for this like next year after this is like i gotta get another invite to this thing <laughs> well that's that's the goal that's the goal for sure <laughs> I, I mean i needed that thing to be like two weeks three weeks long because how, how yeah. long is it in total like four days five days add a half day for me so i yeah I, yeah but like four yeah well you get their sun you get their sunday and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are full days, and then you leave Thursday. Okay. So it, it's like four days. Nice. Yeah, so you, you also, um, at the retreat, ended up um, recording a Serato in the mix, and I noticed you were using the Rain 12s, which 
is from what I've seen not your usual hardware setup. No, you're you're definitely encouraged to use new new gear because mm-hmm. um, well, there was maybe like five or six product teams there, mm-hmm. so they were there was like a lot of inside stuff to like things that are just coming out or coming out in like the next month or two or three or something like that. So um, you were encouraged to tap into the new stuff and how did how did you like the the rain setup um i like i don't mind the 12s there's like a a couple uh personal issues i have with them yeah the 72 is much too complicated for me and yeah there's a lot of there's a lot more um like i feel like i have to crack more codes to do more things that i to do things that like on my 62 i just have to push a button yeah. So, but that's a preference thing because I see a lot of people using it and they they own yeah. it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But not, you're using you use the S9 when you play out now, or are you still using the 62? I own a 62, but like my weekend spots, I'll have S9s. And okay. My, how do you like the S9? It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's very easy to use, and I don't even dive into like the mapping and. Yeah. stuff like that but just like just the the toggle I just and need the, a reverb and an echo and yeah 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 and key points some good yeah. yeah i think we've heard some similar feedback on, on the 72 as well just stuff seems to be hidden in it's a little bit um hard, hard to get to certain things that were a little bit more intuitive or, or people were used to yeah and the, past. the the touch screen doesn't really like interest me mm-hmm. even like since the 909 like yeah yeah i've yeah. i've heard uh, like horror stories of the 909 where like if the the computer wasn't working inside the mixer wouldn't work mm-hmm. so that always just kind of like scares me a yeah. bit yeah and, and that screen takes up a lot of real estate on on the 72 as well i find yeah the like the the waveform thing on the mixer would be cool but there's like a little bit of like a lag, like lag. Oh, yeah. it kind of yeah. like drags so, and it's not like super instant like if you move the record, it's not like right there. Oh, okay. It's like 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 an eighth of a second kind I, of thing. I was curious about that because that's the one thing I really kind of like, the idea of just you know doing a quick glance down into instead of a quick glance to your right or left, right? Yeah, just being able to like tilt your head down instead of yeah, yeah. yeah. Ser- the Serato face turn. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then, I've, I've been trying not to look at my laptop <laughs> so much. I get yeah. super frustrated when I find myself just staring at my laptop the whole yeah. night. So that's that's then like latency on latency because even like there is obviously some latency on your computer screens too. But to add that like yeah, you know that's secondary. Yeah, and and even with the twelves, I think like I think this is just like a development thing that'll get fixed. But there's like a like the slower, like more. Uh, sharper movements you can hear or like very close together movements you can hear like the kind of like almost like a digital mm-hmm. artifact okay so i think that's just like a a product thing that'll get worked yeah. out over yeah. the next however yeah. many years i'm, lo- it takes, I'm looking forward to the phase uh when that drops i'm, I'm hoping yeah. that that i definitely that is successful have you tried have you tried that no no they didn't have any of those okay. at uh at playlist, but um, I could definitely see 12s being like um, a thing for like festival type things where people want to still use turntable but this type and not setup. deal with all the issues that 
come yeah. with a traditional needle. Yeah, because you don't have to, obviously you don't have to worry about like like rumble or needles working. Or, yeah. Because I remember one time um, in the earlier Vancouver Bassett barbecues, um, the uh, the trailer wasn't as like solid. I've heard I've heard other people mention so I, that. As I well. remember when Jeff played here in like 2014 and i remember watching his needle like with every base hit like literally hop Hop off yeah off the wreck like jump off the record yeah it's like i don't know how he played his set but (laughs) crazy yeah yeah speaking of the barbecue you've how many how many years now have you been involved in this three or two or three now uh three or four i think i've done and yeah. he had, he has the he had the twelves the rain twelves and the seventy two they had twelves and seventy two there and they had um, I used a the Texan S nine okay just it was kind of more like a logistics thing that's how it ended up yeah. but right on what, then, what were you rocking in your set this year what was the any particular vibe uh, I played at four thirty so it was like very mm-hmm. daytimey like, vibes daytime friendly nice lots of breaks and disco and i played more house this year than usual so okay cool. kind of a bit of a change up yeah how how is how is house received at, at the barbecue because I, I don't think it, in toronto there's been much of a house vibe at all no, but it's like say. it's like uh like more like um new disco yeah it's 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 not like 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 small room yeah yeah big room type yeah that kind of house but yeah. like feel good Nice. vibe type thing yeah cool and and i heard you got a a phone call um to mr bicycle no. <laughs> yeah me and uh me and biz have had a couple chats now is, to... is he just a friend <laughs> well sorry maybe he'll be dad jokes maybe maybe a, a, a work colleague well we'll see that's I'm trying, sick, to, so I'm trying, what... trying to set up some set up a project between me and him but He's that's, busy. So that's you guys hit sick. it off a bit, like you guys just kind of connected. I sent him some stuff after the barbecue, and uh, yeah, he called me the one night, and then he called me the next day after I like sent him more stuff, and he was like, like out for the week doing some shit. So he were supposed to reconnect when he gets back home. So that's sick. I've man. Got like a couple project proposals out to him, so we'll see. So it seems like 2018 has been kind of a pinch yourself year. Like you're getting calls from, you know, legends like Viz. You're, Jazz you know, you're hanging thing. out with Questlove, at, you know, <laughs> middle of the night with Stro Elliott on the keys, you know? Yeah, it's been quite a quite a year. Nice. And man. I like I, I get married on Monday, which is oh, also wow. some shit. Wow. So damn, congrats. <laughs> yeah. And you took the time for us, man. Like We really mm. appreciate that. Yeah, of course. And then... Uh, you know, I take two weeks off next week and go over to Europe and just take take some time. Nice, that's awesome. And, and just kind of decompress and yeah, and then it's kind of like right back into it because I just got my next U.S. visa approved for nice. until next year. So I've got um, some shows lined up down there. Yeah, October and uh, November is pretty full. Nice, and then uh, December a few things, and then all the way up until I think June mm-hmm. next year. There's like sprinklings of things, but just like yes. trying to fill more dates. So, so 
a- any projects um, coming out right now? You currently have your um, dev- your release with um, Adam W. the the late night CP, um, which is available on vinyl, right? Not on vinyl. Oh, not on um, vinyl. But it's it's everywhere else, um, like Spotify and mm-hmm. iTunes, that kind of thing. Anything anything else in the works that you could talk about? Yeah, uh, me and I got a thing with. With King Most, we're working on right now. Nice. Um, I've got like a, there'll be like a three, four track, like bootleg type thing with Pump out in Calgary. That's, nice, nice. We're, we're, we're like halfway there. Me and me and Adam have like, geez, I think the list is like 20 or 25 things that we're like yeah. working on or like ideas or we probably have... Uh, we have one remix for like a house label in in a small house label in LA that's supposed to come out at the end of this month and uh it's for um oh, I forget his last name Jeremy something he was one he was part of uh, RAC okay he's kind of okay. like, doing Sick. like he's kind of doing like independent uh house uh, things on his own so we okay did cool a thing for, love the RAC st- RAC stuff still yeah it's definitely like not RAC what he's doing on his yeah. own but um so that and uh we have like a lot of other like song sketches that are just like 50 percent done that it just can't be out like out in europe working on that kind of thing so yeah yeah, yeah. um what is it uh i've got a thing with paul that's been done well like 95 percent for like a year now okay we were trying to clear the sample through the uh, the original artist but it's been a bit of a pain mm-hmm. in the ass just like getting answers out of people so yeah how many that, projects are sitting on shelves waiting in, yeah, the, in that that'll, process right that'll that'll come out on seven at some point nice we just don't we're ch- still trying to figure out b-side stuff yeah and how many how many vinyl releases have you done quite a few at this point right um I think, I think my name's on like 10 things mm-hmm. ish, nice. something like that. Um, yeah, the last one was the Redbone 45, mm-hmm. which is completely sold out, done. You're not going to do yeah. another run of those? Repressing when I get back home. Mm-hmm. So that'll happen. Had a lot of people asking me about that, but yeah. um, it won't be like. What about oh, people? Like, Send me a couple, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, 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 oh, the requests you must be getting. Hey, I'll, I'll play this. Send me a pair. Even like <laughs> like slightly bigger names who ask me for that. Just like 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 hold two for me. Like, you know you know what a band camp link is. Yeah. It's like yeah. not I know what you make at a gig. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it always amazes me people that have the dough that just won't even spring for a couple of bucks. You know? Yeah, and when it's like like they play them for a living mm-hmm. and make money off it, it's like Yeah. Yeah. Like forty fives are different than MP3s because like yeah. I'm not paying to make an MP3. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Just putting time into it, but like I had to physically pay a lot of money to get these records <laughs> yeah, made. Yeah, like I, for sure. I don't want to like yeah. lose money on it. So seriously, bro, can I have a couple? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Uh, so one one final question, just kind of jumping here. I because I, I was just last night. I was kind of as I always do, peek over the DJ's shoulder when I'm in the booth. How, do you have any rhyme or reason to your crate organization? Because I find that's the most fucked up thing I've <laughs> challenged with Serato. <laughs> yeah, when when like I need a bathroom break or something, and one of the DJ homies like goes on, they're like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, yeah, it makes sense in my brain, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty bad with that. Mm, it's a lot of uh, gig based mm-hmm. yeah. crates, yeah, but um, there's also like there's crates in there that aren't related to DJing, like the like the need to make an edit of this crate mm-hmm. yeah, is yeah. not it's kind of working folders in a way. Yeah. So, um, a lot of gig specific ones and a lot of ones that just need to be deleted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not to mention just like countless songs that need to be deleted, but, yeah. <laughs> but you do strike me as someone who's fairly organized digitally. Would that be correct? <laughs> no, he's, uh, this is audio only, but he is cringing right now. <laughs> Yes and no. It's like the sense of like, I know where it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And to the naked eye or the, like the, the someone else's vision, it may or may not look organized depending on your definition of organization (laughs) or perfect organization. But like, like I, I know dudes who are way, way more organized than me who have like, like down to like the capitalization of of songs and all that like i'm not that person i will definitely have like some underscores and yeah yeah and like it's a continuous like, work like, in, like, in process like dot mp3 or dot wave or whatever yeah, 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 yeah. and the title like yeah that's a, a bit of a pet peeve but I, I had to kind of let that go after like after like really getting a lot of stuff in serato yeah. but like my when it was itunes only right. and like you know like it yeah. was always you know, the first letter capitalized this, that, yeah. and, you know? I, it kind of works the same way for me when, uh, like, flipping through, like, record sleeves. Like, I, I'll, I'll attribute this one song to being, like, titled this certain way. So when I see it flipping through, yeah, yeah, you'll kind flipping of through the playlist, I'll be eye. like, I'll be like, okay, this, this, this. Kind of like the same, like, flipping through 45s. Like, I know one certain sleeve looks this certain way i'll be like yeah. okay without even yeah, having to look yeah, at the yeah. label like this is the one so i guess maybe it's like that but i mean organization is nice yeah it's more so my biggest problem right now is just like clearing out what i don't ever need like yeah. I, I i clear out records all the time and i don't even have that many but just like yeah. i hate having shit yeah. sitting around that I don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why a, a play count or last played would be man, useful. Story of my life. Yeah, like you know, because seven you... years I've been barking at cut corners and Serato to yeah. do it, and it's not. And I, I've <laughs> I've read on because I I've went down that rabbit hole a few times, and I you know you end up in that same thread on on the forum, and someone mm-hmm. has some like script or something that you got to run from the command line but like who wants to do that no so i've had to like come up with other ways to clear out things that i don't use like like if it's not uh if it's not keyed Mm -hmm. i probably haven't played it ever so yeah that definitely cleared up a bunch of space yeah that's a good that's a good sort by key and then just see what's not (laughs) yeah okay 
more often than not, it's probably not something you're, you've been playing. So yeah, it makes sense. And I don't do like a lot of wedding or those kind of gigs where maybe I need like, like a thousand or 5,000, like, like clat, like super classic, like of any kind Mm -hmm. type thing. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. Get rid of it. Watch out for that chicken dance edit. <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up, you, you know, anything else you want to plug? The floor is yours. Uh the the EP with Adam is is on uh, the internet and uh, the Nightlights EP, and that's been out for like a month ish now. And uh, and you got your website. DJNickBike.com at DJNickBike on the socials. Yeah, at DJNickBike on everything. And um, you can sign up if you're a DJ on my website for the email list. It's a little less frequent now, but Mm -hmm. um, it does happen. And then you got a shit ton on Beat Junkies as well if you're a subscriber there. Beat Junkies and uh, just started this month. Um but you'll be able to find some exclusive stuff on DJ City as well. Okay, okay. Don't, don't. So that'll be over the next month. Cool. Um, and uh, I do community community radio things, World Famous Wednesdays every Wednesday morning. That always goes up on Mixcloud after, but mm-hmm. uh, I do that for the Beat Junkies. On Dash Radio. Uh, right. That's every first Wednesday okay. on Dash for Beat Junkie Radio. This is uh, Save On Radio okay, yeah. in Vancouver. I do that every Wednesday morning, Dope. and then that's all just like new stuff from the Beat Junkies pool. I just kind of pull a week's worth and, mm-hmm. Dope. yeah, it's a good uh, exercise to just like kind of pull music that I don't necessarily know. Some of it I know, mm-hmm. some of it I don't even want to And just kind of do it on the fly? Trying to make like a two-hour mix out of like a very limited yeah, yeah. crate, so it's it's a good exercise to do that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to force yourself to keep up to date. Yep. Dope, man. Well, we appreciate you coming out, man. This was lots of fun. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and um, best of luck on your upcoming nuptials. And thank you. Thank you for taking <laughs> the time, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. Peace. We out. Audience clap. <laughs> Air horns. We're just going to leave that in. <laughs> That's going to be the actual outro. <laughs>